We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. You're now getting the uh, Katie Cat video. All the Katie Cat videos out It's there. true what you said. <laughs> and Steve wrote, remember that time when you used your cute nieces as a shield for your own Katie Cat purposes? Yeah, that was great. Ah, guilty. <laughs> I do like I do like Katy Perry. I admit it. I like her music. It's, I don't know. I'm not even going to call it a, a weak spot. I like Katy Perry, damn it. Her songs are fun. Right. The diva says the same thing. Anyway. The diva waits all along, yeah. all year, all night, all morning, all whatever, and then just goes Katie Cat crazy. So I yeah. I can't blame you. I there's a there's a lot there. I I still have not given up my goal to be left shark. I want to be left shark one time. Uh, I think that should, <laughs> they should op- they should open that up. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are broadcasting on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score during Saturday Suckage. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And now we, uh, we're going to talk some Bears football. We're going to be joined by Chris Emma of The Score. He joins us now on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Chris, how are you doing today? You know, Rosie, you sit by a guy in Mark Grody every day pretty much for the last few years up at Hallis Hall, and you feel like you get to know him really well. You consider him a very good friend, but I never knew he was a Katie cat. Well, you don't know him very well then, do you? Are you a I Katie guess not. cat? I guess not. I'm wondering Are something new. Are you a Katie new. cat as well? I don't think I'm a Katie Emma, cat per se, but uh, I support you being one. <laughs> oh, you know, here's the thing. As long as we're going to go down this road okay. here of music, here... <laughs> Here's something very unique about Chris Emma, who he correctly said we we had offices, I'll say offices, next to each other at Hallis Hall. And when Emma would do his writings, he would uh, he'd be having he'd put on his headphones with country music blaring in his ears, which would sometimes leak <laughs> out to the rest of us while he was writing a story. I always thought that was a very talented. I, I can't write when I've got music blasting. So that's the Emma way. Do you still do that, Emma, when you're writing your bear stories? Oh, yeah. It gets me in my zone. It gets me what I need to do. And and who are the artists you were listening to asking for Jay Zawoski? You know, I, I like some good Zach Brown band. It's a little bit of old school stuff, some Garth, a little bit of that. Um, old Dominion's a favorite as well, Lanco. Uh, more of the new school stuff. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. We've got the musical taste. Fair enough, my man. Couldn't seem more opposite. So... Moving right along. Speaking of opposite, the Bears are the Bears are in four and one, and they suck. That was, Dennis Harrell once said that about a Rams team that was seven and two and lost in New Orleans, still seven and two, and in that West Virginia squeal of his, we're we're in first place and we stink. So, so they their defense they lead 
the NFL, the defense leads the NFL in fewest touchdowns allowed. Their offense is gonna is just is a mess, and it's not a mess, and maybe it's coming together, maybe it's not. Um, Cole Komet sounds like the wrong end of a bad relationship. The coach is saying, it's not you, it's us. And <laughs> the, the head coach needs to control everything when he's got brought in a quarterback who's better at sensing things on the field, won't let him go tempo when Nick Foles wanted to go tempo. They need to run the ball because running – makes every part of your team better from the passing game to the defense to get it some rest. So where are you on all this, Chris? What's right? What's wrong? And what was the most curious thing you heard this week? You know, you covered it pretty well there, Rosie, but it all starts with the run game, which creates the balance that allows Nick Foles to be more effective. And Matt Nagy, for all you said, you know, since really the end of 2018 and through last year, now through five games this year, we need to stick to the run game. We can't abandon the run game. We need to commit to this. They've still not done it. David Montgomery has rushed 20 times over the last two games, 10 apiece. And they've really relied too much on Nick Foles throwing the ball. They have the third largest disparity from pass down to run of any team in the NFL. And those other two teams are bottom dwellers. The Bears are a 4-1 team still lacking an identity on offense. And it starts there. They have to truly commit to just running the football. You have to stick with it. You have to give David Montgomery those 20 touches that Matt Nagy talked about. Make it happen. Nagy continues to harp on we need to get more running plays, more rushes with Montgomery. Like, he's not the one who's the lead play caller. This is his responsibility. (laughs) And if you bring that kind of run commitment to the offense and in turn create balance uh, alongside of the passing game, you're at least going to have some kind of identity on offense and a more effective scheme. Do you think that this will be the week, though, that the Bears' offensive line and running backs break through or get back to being more of what they were in the first three games because the Panthers' defense 25th against the run? They kind of have to exploit that, don't they? You know, Mark, if this, is, if this isn't the week where the Bears' offense has some kind of breakthrough, then you wonder when it will be. Uh, the Panthers' defensive line is now missing Kawan Short, who's one of their studs up front. Uh, it's not going to be the same kind of defensive front that they've been faced the last few games. And I think Matt Nagy, to, to what I was saying about those 10 carries apiece for Montgomery, I think Matt Nagy really gave too much respect for the Colts and the Buccaneers defensive fronts. We're very good defensive fronts, granted, but he didn't even try to start that running game up. It's a different defensive front now that they're facing tomorrow in Carolina. It's a defense that they should be able to run the football on and should be able to kind of attain that balance where Foles can look downfield and create some of those explosive plays that they've been lacking. This is an opportunity for the Bears to kind of get uh, that breakthrough and see what they can do from here. But if it doesn't happen against this Panthers defense, then I don't know when it will happen. Well, the Panthers are the eighth-worst rushing yards allowed, 133.4 average per game. Second to last in yards per carry, 5.4. To underscore your point, Chris, if you're going to run the ball successfully, this would be the team that would you should do it against, and you can do it against. And especially with Matt Nagy, offensive mastermind, and his pretty shiny playbook, with the seventh-worst passer rating, seventh fewest rushing yards, and fifth fewest yards per catch. It seems that's the way you would have to do it. And 
Are you given any more reason to believe Matt Nagy when he says we will do it? If he were to indicate they would do it, that they would play. I mean, they really, that's old time football. And Matt Nagy has been the antithesis of that. Do you have any reason to believe that that might be the way they go tomorrow? Here's the thing with Matt Nagy, Steve. He says all the right things during the week when we speak with him. Constantly question, of course, about the offense and the running game. And I do believe it comes from an earnest place when he says, we're going to try to commit to the run, we're going to do this and that. I believe he means it. I believe he means it on Monday through Saturday. But when he gets that play sheet in his hands on Sunday, it just is different. He loses it within the composure of the game. And we've seen this. You know, he was brought to the Bears in January of 2018, really heralded as a play caller and with the offense he could bring in. I still don't know if he can balance the role of head coach and play caller in a game. I mean, that's been his issue now through the 40-whatever games that he's coached uh, for the Bears. I mean, he has not been able to balance those responsibilities properly. And I think he looks at the film on Monday morning and says, why weren't we running the ball more? And he means it. But when they get into those games on Sunday, the kind of offense that he spent this entire offseason trying to create just gets abandoned. And those plays, you know, in the 12 and 13 personnel packages and heavy tight end looks and trying to play some more power football, suddenly you get into those Sunday games and you're in tons of shotgun formations and Foles is throwing the ball too much the same way Trubisky threw the ball too much. It just kind of comes uh, undone on him. Emma, what do you make of the Mike Davis success with Carolina relative to the lack of success he had with the Bears and subsequently cut by the Bears? Yeah, he's a good player. I think that's one thing that's pretty clear. And, uh, you know, Matt Nagy was asked about it multiple times this week and kind of just referred to their situation last year of trying to get David Montgomery established as a rookie and Tariq going as a number two option. And Davis just never found a role. 11 carries for 25 yards. He never got that opportunity. And now with the injury to Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, he's getting a major opportunity with the Panthers. And he's filled the all-pro void of McCaffrey very well to this point. He's a weapon out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And he's been consistently getting big yards for the Panthers' running game. So he has kept that offense afloat along with Teddy Bridgewater, who's playing some great football. Um and it goes back to what we've been talking about, the fact that Matt Nagy really never saw a place to get Mike Davis involved, the same way he couldn't really get David Montgomery fully in a rhythm last season. It goes back to the basic elements of you got to create that running game and that balance. We're talking with Chris Emma of The Score. We're talking Bears football here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The idea that Mike Davis is doing what Mike Davis was envisioned to do, what Ryan kind of things Ryan Pace talked about, when he signed him and then his coach, he didn't realize Ryan Pace hired a coach. He didn't believe he didn't know, didn't believe in a running game. Is that as much an indictment or, or to what degree do you blame the offensive line or the coach's play calling and commitment to the running game? I think it's kind of twofold. I think those kind of go hand in hand together. And uh, it wasn't a secret where Matt Nagy fell with the struggles in the run game of the offense last season. The first moves he made the first couple of days of the offseason was firing Mark Helfrich and Harry Heastan and Kevin Gilbride Jr. I mean, they didn't go out and change the running back position. They didn't even fire the running backs coach. Matt Nagy put the blame squarely on the offensive line. And then brought in somebody he really trusted, Juan Castillo, along with Bill Lazor as the guy to kind of oversee some of the quality control elements. And 
Um, they really hoped that they could establish that kind of running scheme. I think Matt Nagy still is frustrated with the offensive line. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where he's got his guy in Juan Castillo who he really likes and respects. And if Castillo isn't able to maximize what you have of this offensive line, then you got some major problems in that group. I think this is the first game, Emma, where I actually care to ask about predictions because I think this is the most evenly matched up game the Bears have had this year. And I know Rosalind doesn't care about predictions because it'll be oh, I'm all 300 to 1 Bears. <laughs> My friends. Well, who do you like in this game, Emma? And then I'll ask Rosenblum who he likes in this game. Who do you like, man? You know, it's funny you ask, because I'm on record on our 670thescore.com with our staff predictions. 24-19 Bears is what I have. But I keep going back on it in my head and seeing the opportunity for the Panthers to win this game because Teddy Bridgewater is playing some great football. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's consistently accurate, and he's really dictating what defenses do. Now, the return of John Jenkins most likely tomorrow kind of bolsters the Bears' run defense, which it's kind of crazy to think John Jenkins is such a key cog for this defense. But they really need to control the running game and keep Mike Davis in check. Uh, I see an opportunity for the Panthers to win this game. I'm still going to side with my Bears pick, but I see it more as a toss-up. Rosenblum? I have the Bears winning 50-2. to two. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there's going to awesome. be a... Nick Foles is going to have a toss play to Cordero Patterson, and he's going to toss it out of the end zone for safety, but that will be the only mistake. Uh, speaking of Foles, I want to add... We, Mark and I talked about this last week, Chris, and I... I thought it was a very, I, I thought it was an, part of an insight to Matt Nagy. I don't know if it's his neuroses, if it's his, his control mechanism, if it's his refusal to, to actually believe in what he says about giving the quarterback the ability to <clears throat> control a game and make calls. Because on the one hand, when you present audibles and you allow audibles, and we know this when Jay Cutler was not allowed to audible because Mike March told him there was an, an opening and answer on every play, just find it. But Matt Nagy says, yeah, we want a quarterback to do that. Go to the line and do that. So he does that. And, and Foles wants to go tempo in the red zone. And Nagy says, no, 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 I, I've got this play in my pretty shiny playbook. And, and I, I drew it up on, the, on a cocktail napkin, that kind of thing. And was there any more of that, because it, any more fallout, any more explanation for what really happened and why Nick Foles wasn't allowed to run the team as the guy on the field feeling it when Matt Nagy wasn't? He was standing on the sideline, and, and he's always said his quarterback should know his quarterback should know coverages better than him. His quarterback should should know the playbook better than him. His, his quarterback's telling him what he wanted to do, and Matt Nagy wouldn't listen. Was there any more to that this week? The, the thing in response to that, Rosie, that you keep hearing is that Matt Nagy and Nick Foles keep referring to the fact that Nagy had never called plays for Foles before, and they, this is now the third start for Foles in this offense. Uh, they're hoping, especially after the extended layoff following the Thursday night game, that there's more time to put a game plan in place around Foles. Now, to your point, that exchange on the sidelines between Nagy and Foles in that Tampa Bay game seemed very revealing because... Look, this is the quarterback that Matt Nagy prefers, obviously, in Nick Foles. This is the veteran that they handpicked this offseason. 
passing over guys like Cam Newton and Andy Dalton and even Teddy Bridgewater, believing that Foles was the best fit within this scheme. And that was a sign of frustration for Foles that this scheme is not fitting him. That even uh, after making this move from Trubisky to Foles, Nagy is still not really building his offense around the quarterback the best way that he can. I think Nagy's going to really truly uh, um, kind of acknowledge that. I think you're going to see more of that within the offense this weekend. You're probably going to see some more of that tempo that Nick Foles seems to prefer. The same way Mitch Trubisky even preferred it. Uh, it's up to Matt Nagy to put his offense and put Nick Foles in the best position to produce this weekend because there's no excuse for with this being the guy that Nagy and the Bears preferred. Him being the hand-picked quarterback, the replacement for Trubisky, they have to fit an offense around this guy, and they still have not done that yet. You know, and another reason that this game becomes really important is this is this has turned into a rough patch in the schedule because it, it didn't look like that initially, perhaps, because I didn't think Carolina was going to win three in a row and be three and two. Because after this, they got Monday Night Football at the Rams, home against New Orleans, at Tennessee. We're going to find out about the Bears in the next few games, aren't we, Emma? Yeah, I mean, obviously they are the uh, shakiest 4-1 and one team in the NFL right now. But, you know, you look at the opposite end of the spectrum. I mean, the Vikings are a 1-4 team that's a lot better than that record. So you're glad to be on the 4-1 and one side of it right now. We're going to learn a lot about the Bears in these coming weeks. And you mentioned how tough the schedule gets. Obviously a good pa- uh, Panthers team this weekend and then Monday Nighter in L.A. And then the Saints come yeah. to Soldier Field and Titans, Vikings, Packers, so on. It's going to be very tough for the Bears. But the counter to that is this is a team that, if they are legitimate, then the improvement should show. And the constant thing we hear after these wins, when the Bears say, it's just good to get a win knowing that we can play better, at some point they have to play better. They have to either reveal those uh, improvements or they're just going to be a wild card team that loses in the first round and that's the end of this season. If the Bears are or they're just going to lose, or they're just going to start losing these games that they've won. <laughs> that's the other part, too. If they don't play better, it Emma, could they're be going to lose these they, games. They, yeah. Yeah, but they got that four and one base, and it's an expanded playoff this year. They should be a playoff team right now. If, at four and one, with seven out of the NFC uh, out of the NFC getting into this postseason bracket, if they don't make the playoffs, that's inexcusable at this point. We're gonna see if this team can get better in these coming weeks because they're going to be facing some steep challenges. It's gonna be very tough, and if they're a legitimate team right now, if they're a legitimate playoff threat, we're gonna find out in the next month. Chris, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you. Um, we'll keep track of what you're uh, reporting on and writing this week after the Bears play the Panthers on Sunday. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining Take us. Take care. Chris, I'm on the score, joining us here on the score. What were the odds of that? Um, it's pretty amazing. Hey, Stevie, yeah. I got some stuff on the Bears uh, defense I want to discuss and the matchup against the Panthers offense in a little bit, if we can. I was just going to say, I want to know where you where you point your finger, what you would highlight, where you would put the, the yellow highlight marker and what you would o- go over. So we're going to do that. We're going to do the, the audio version of the yellow highlighter with Mark Grody. And we're doing Bear Sweet. stuff right here on The Score. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. the voice of an angel thank you thank you very much that's uh, i'm steve rosenblum there's a katie cat on the other part of this broadcast proudly
Katie Kay. Proudly. I am, I'm nothing wrong I am with it. Mark Grody, and I love Katie Perry. Well, the only question is, does, you know, are, does that, can you also be a little monster at the same time? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think the, the two get along. I, okay. I think that the only problem that, the only issues that she's ever had is with, I don't think I could be a Taylor Swift fan as well. Can't I don't know what her fans are called. I think they're, they're called Swifties. Yeah. Because those two used to, I don't know if they're, I don't know where their relationship stands. They used to not get along, but I, maybe they do now. I don't know. Can't we all just get along? All right. Speaking of getting along, you were getting along with the idea of the Bears defense and it's getting to the point where you, you, the old Ed O'Bradovich used to tell this story on many Bears Sundays, post-game Sundays, where the Bears defense would come when he was playing. They come on, they come off the field after getting a turnover and giving it to the Bears offense and telling the Bears offense just hold them. <laughs> that was that was Ob. So yeah, share awesome. with us your thoughts, your your audio neon high neon day glow. Yellow highlighters, uh, highlight thoughts on the Bears defense. The Panthers are fifth in total offense this year. They are fourth in time of possession. They are sixth in third down conversion rate. Wouldn't the Bears like that? But but they are 27th in the red zone. And this offense is tailor-made for the Bears defense because what the Bears defense has been this year is a word or a phrase however you want to look at it you the loathe. Bears have been I loathe you, you know loathe I loathe this, this. I know you bend do. but don't break I hate it <laughs> I don't like it. because I think it's a risky way to to have your defense live right because that means that you're given a big yards but in the end you finally come through and eventually bend but don't break will break but for now this is this portends well for the bears in that this is exactly what the bears do they will give up a lot of yards the running backs will burst through holes and they'll be like what the hell is going on they'll give up yards but then when it comes down to stopping it they come up with some massive plays and teams settle for field goals so i think that that's exactly how it's going to play out for the panthers the panthers will make a lot of field goals i believe so and and that's no small thing that's no small thing actually the panthers have a really good field goal kicker um whose name i can't think of off the top of my head but that that is the way the panthers are going to score and it's not a small thing because the bears offense has not been scoring a lot so they're going to have to counter that hopefully with touchdowns and not their own field goals here's another couple parts here steve um beware Danny Trevathan. I think Trevathan's going to have to big, have a big game, and Roquan Smith for that matter, but I'm circling Danny Trevathan for Mike Davis because Mike Davis not only rushes the ball well, like for instance, just taking a snapshot of last week against Atlanta, Mike Davis, 16 rushes, 89 yards, 9 catches, 60 yards. So be ready, middle linebackers, for that, they're going to have to lead the team in tackles, I think. And then there's one other name that I've circled, and that's Jalen Johnson. As good as Jalen Johnson has been this year, teams are still going to be testing him week in and week out. Kyle Fuller is still the better cornerback. They're going to go at him, so be ready to stop Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I think they're going to go at Jalen Johnson all day, so they're going to need to come up with something big. And as Eddie Jackson made it very clear last week, nobody was going at him last week, and he wants them to, so Deshaun Gibson going to have to come up big as well. 
It's interesting. When the Bears rank middle of the road in yards per carry, but when it gets into the red zone, they have the best red zone defense in terms of um, allowing uh, not allowing touchdowns, and they have the, allowed the fewest touchdowns in the NFL. So why? What happens? What do the Bears change? What do other teams change in reaction to that? Well, I'm sorry. What was the question? And well, I was why do the Bears? Why do? Why are the Bears? How how can they be gashed at times? And then what is it they're yeah. doing differently, or what are other teams doing differently yeah. in the in the red zone that the Bears are number one? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Like, why did why do they why are they so leaky up until the point they get in the red zone? And I can't really explain that other than they do have big time veteran playmakers who will lock down at that point and yeah and maybe teams stiffen up a little bit maybe they've taken a bad strategy against the bears once they get to that point and what teams have done against the bears to get into the red zone that maybe they're not doing enough of when they get there is running the football and and right up the gut at times against the bears where we've seen running backs do surprise i mean we talked i feel like we talk about it every week but you know adrian peterson and todd Gurley doing numbers on the bears and just busting open holes and you know some of that can definitely be attributed to the lack of Eddie Goldman and a, a Bilal Nichols, who is still kind of learning that nose tackle. Although they have him all over the defensive line, and he's played relatively well. But, no, that's a that's a fair question. And you know what? The, let the Bears keep doing what they're doing. So I think, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of FGs this week for Carolina. The... The idea that you'd be in a in a have less space, you'd have to the Bears would not have to worry about defending so much behind them, probably brings, especially a guy like Roquan Smith closer to the line, and you're you're you you can lessen the the running game that had gashed them earlier, but it also makes the then you have to worry about the tight ends, and I really wanted to, I want to get to the opposite of that with the Bears tight ends. I gotta say I did not expect Jimmy Graham to have four touchdowns all season. <laughs> not to mention, yeah. not, not, not nonetheless in five games, I did not expect that. And I know that uh, that even the guy Brad Biggs's piece, Ed Salmons of the uh, Westgate, said Jimmy Graham is a statue out there. But Jimmy Graham has four touchdown catches. Like, what is going on? How doesn't this surprise you? Absolutely, and they have, like, made a commitment to Jimmy Graham, you know? Like, I mean, and obviously when you pay him the money that they did, you know, you're you're saying that he is your starter and he's your guy, but they've featured him, yes, a lot more than I thought they would, and I think even at the expense of Cole Komet, he and Demetrius Harris getting on the field and really Cole Komet barely getting out there this year has been has been, I don't know, bizarre is the right word, surprising, because I thought he was going to play a huge part right from the beginning. We had Cole come in on Zoom yesterday. I even asked him, I said, you know, do you do you know this offense? Are you being held back, basically, paraphrasing my own question? Are you being held back because you don't know the offense yet? And he says he knows what he's doing out there, that he he's ready to go, and he's had to be patient, and all the coaches have said that it's on them, that they need to play this kid more. So, 
I don't know what the problem is, you know, because the popular notion was, well, it takes a long time to learn this position. From every little bit of intel that I've been able to gather, he has learned the position. He's just not getting out there. And they've made a commitment to, their, for lack of a better phrase, they're being loyal to Jimmy Graham and Demetrius Harris right now in terms of the way they're, and even J.P. Holtz, the, the way they're using their tight ends right now. And because of that, because of the hierarchy, because of the depth chart, Cole Komet has not been able to get in as much as, a lot of people would like to see. I get in, in theory. I mean, if I'm going to connect the dots, if Jimmy Graham were not so productive, Cole Komet would be given greater chances. Isn't that how it would have to work? You'd be, all right, we're tired of this guy. He really is a statue. He's too old. He can't yeah. do this, but he's making plays. I guess so. Met, yeah. Right. He has to. Yeah, play. no, you're right. I guess, I guess we shouldn't be mad or impatient. Yeah. As long as, Jimmy Graham is playing well, and you're right. He has maybe, yeah, there just isn't a spot for Cole Komet. And because he's a rookie and he's the fresh face and he's from Notre Dame, everybody wants to see it. And I'm probably guilty too. Like, you always want to see the rookie. You want to see the young guy. You want to see who was, even though he was a second rounder, he was their top draft pick. We all want to see that. We all want to know what, what it is. And if we don't see it, then we wonder what's wrong. But that's a great point by you. Like, Jimmy Graham has played well. He's, he's done what he is supposed to do out there. They, apparently, he's even blocking well. So, so I guess, yeah, until his play diminishes, it's a it, great point, man. I mean, for real. I was due for one. All right, I'm yeah, done you for were. the year now. I'm done yeah, for the year. Yeah, that's it. I'll take right, over from here. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a break when we come back. I think given what we're going to be doing next hour, talking with Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com and their managerial opening. And we'll hear from Joe Madden, interview he did earlier on the score. Nice. I think we need to keep talking football on what are you doing, Wagner, because we have some snogging action to get to, among other things. Did you see, too, that there is a remake of one of your favorite movies coming out? Well, we'll have to discuss that on what are you doing, Wagner? Yes, legend, that will be legendary, award-winning, uh-huh. Don't seminal, say and ludicrous segment that we have created because everybody else gets their own segment. Why not us? Neener, neener, That's neener. right. Plus, I got to do. Guess what? Guess what? I got a new episode to tell what? you about on my podcast when we do. Let me uh, or when we do. Uh, what are you talking about, Wagner? I got new, uh, new, new season, new episode. You have new news. Yeah. New news. I'll, we'll look uh, forward to that. Boy, uh-huh. we're just bursting. That's what we're doing, Wagner. That's Next, right. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. What are you doing, Wagner? We're doing. We're doing. What are you doing, Wagner? When we look around, we look outside. Normal sportsy sportso, sporteroo, sports ball, sports talk. And we come across things like this sentence Kristen Cavallari is back in the game, macking on a new guy in the Windy City. Oh, I did not notice. <laughs> yes. That's TMZ's word smithing right there. That's good writing. I tried to capture the spirit of the thing, Reg. Oh, you did. You did. Last weekend, after we were off the air, and she did this on purpose because she knew we were off the air and we'd have to wait to report it if we even did, Kristen was at Fulton Market, a bar and restaurant district in Chicago, 
where she has a shop nearby. There's an Uncommon James in Fulton Market. And so she's all dressed up, and she's clearly into a guy that she's snogging with. Now, was it that the TMZ's first suggestion was an old boyfriend? It turned out to be wrong. Updated reporting, sources tell us Kristen was smooching comedian Jeff Dye in the video that TMZ ran. It's unclear for now if it was a one-off or if they've been a thing for a minute now, but either way, she's in for some laughs. He's, um, he's done various comedy things, Last Comic Standing, Better Late Than Never, and, and he's been on some of the home makeover shows. Do you know who Jeff Dye is, Mark? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. And I can only assume that this is her answer, Kristen Cavalieri's response to Jake Cutler hanging out with Tommy Laren in Nashville, Tennessee. I think you're I think that's good. I don't know if she okay. arranged to let for people arranged to let people know she was snogging with the guy with Jeff Dye. And and so her her people tell TMZ later on in the week, fleshing out the reporting, you should pardon the phrase. There's nothing serious going on between the two. They've only hung out that one time when they were seen in Chicago, but boy, were they seen in Chicago. The diva tipped me off to this. She was really? she's in Chicago for three weeks. She said this is what their reporting teams, he's reporting, and, and the diva's here because um, her brother's getting married next Friday. So my son, Brandon, will be getting married, and, and she's here and quarantined and done all that stuff, so she'd be able to go to the ceremony and she said this is she and a friend were knew what this was about and had a friend check it out and they were not there again so Kristen Kristen took advantage of Jay's weekend with the kids that's what it was ah okay well and you know what special thanks to the to the diva and also congratulations to Brandon I didn't know he was getting married that's awesome man Yes, Congrats. yes, he is to lovely Emily. They adore That's each beautiful. other, and and it's a great thing. Yeah, That's awesome. Okay, so I have more stuff, but I know you had something that we needed to get to. Yeah, let's get mine over with, right? Um, no, I wanted it. I just we're alternating. I want to give everybody. A, I don't want to hog it like I usually end up doing. Yeah, first of all, it must be a cold day because one of the ways that I actually tell the weather without having been outside or, you know, not looking at my phone. I'm looking out at the lake right now. It's a zero boat day. There are no boats on the lake. That means that it's got to be cool today. So I'm guessing, what, 51, 52 degrees downtown. That's number one. Number two is it's finally here. Season two of my podcast, which I perform with Brian Mitchell, voiceover artist in Minnesota, we do a podcast called Let Me Put a List Together. It's a very simple concept of lists of things about which we are passionate and season two episode one and i want your answer to this question steve rosenblum and jordan maley i want his answer too it is and this is deep stuff top 11 candy bars top 11 candy bars which we ranked together and then gave our our individual lists i'm not going to reveal mine but stevie sunshine and jordan maley I, just just to give a couple of your favorite uh, candy. Give me your top two. I will allow for the top two. I want to see if they match up with, with ours, or at least on our list. Kit Kat, period. Boom. It's a good one. That's it. I don't, I don't need a number two. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's very, high, very highly ranked on our list. 
Okay. Jordan, what you got, buddy? Peanut butter cups and milk duds. Ooh, milk duds did not make the cut as a candy bar. So, but but the it's, it's an acquired what, taste. I feel like it's one of those candies you can eat for a long time. Like peanut butter well, cups are a, great, but I down them in ninety seconds, and then it's like, right, all right, right, it's over. Well, the the peanut butter cups are highly ranked on our list as well, and I have a feeling. I'm just guessing because it just feels this way that peanut butter cups are probably the most popular at large like with most people not my favorite but it seems like most people's do they count as a bar because they're called a cup well that's milk a good point and then the, milk yeah and then don't count right that's i don't think candy. milk duds count yeah that's a candy that's a different category but we'll allow for it um jordan i mean i had problems with our, the previous producer adam stanzinski i don't want to get into it with you too so <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we have issues so i don't want to i don't want to not get along with everybody at the score if we went so. top three though rosie i would go kit cats as well uh kit cats are a staple a 100 percent a staple yeah, there's just like the that delicious something about the wafer. You know what I mean? It's all about the wafer and just this a gentle amount of chocolate, the perfect crud. They go down easily. They're low maintenance, the whole thing. So that's the kind of analysis that you'll get if you check out my podcast. Let me put a list together. Give it a listen. Give it a shot, and I would appreciate it. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, I want to keep along that. I want to extend something we discussed last week, and it, and it goes along this line. It's because it features pure cane sugar, and I love sodas, sodi pops, with mm-hmm. pure cane sugar. Last week at the end of the show, when we had Rick Camp here, and we were doing a very extended version of the I'm Fat podcast <laughs> yes. sports ball edition, right? Yeah. I brought this up because it appeared on Marcus Lashock's uh, Twitter feed, and then I went do, did some serious research on Lester's Fixin's Soda, these sodi pops. We started with ranch dressing soda. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you tried to wipe it out of your mind. We started with ranch dressing soda. And I found out there's a six-pack sampler of Lester's Fixins. Mm. And I'm going to read to you the other five in this handy, this this six-pack that will make sure you have no friends by the time okay. you're done. <laughs> Let's hear there it, buddy. Is, there's sweet corn, so that's okay. There's pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about carbonated pumpkin pie? Uh, no, that kind of falls in the category of cream soda. No thanks. Okay. How about buffalo wing sauce? There's a buffalo wing sauce soda pop. Oh, man. I mean, just like it doesn't jive with the the idea of a drink. So for three. You know what it reminds two. me of is I one time. Have you ever had chili beer? It was no. from It was chili cave. No. There was a place in Arizona no. where so the more you drank, the more hot chili you got on your tongue, the more you wanted to drink, the more <laughs> hot chili you got on your tongue. It was the dumbest thing I ever. Well, one of the dumbest things I ever participated in. Okay, and uh, there are two more. One is peanut butter and jelly soda. Nope. <laughs> you don't want carbonated peanut butter and jelly. Man, with pure I cane just, sugar. Like, I, n- n- do you? No. 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 And I, no. as much as I love the core element of the next one, I would not go near this. It is bacon soda. Right. Bacon just should be with bacon. Right. Bacon is bacon. Don't Bacon is bacon. Bacon is bacon. It's God's food. Leave it alone. 
Right, you could so, eat it alone or put it on other meats. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, funny indeed. About that. Here's not, meat. Was, Let's put this meat with this meat. Right. Yeah. Yes, and it was. I think it was the old Homestead Steakhouse was the first place I ever saw their appetizer. It just said bacon. And it was <laughs> thick cut piece of bacon, and they brought bacon to your table. What could be better, especially in a steakhouse, because you're there for the meat, 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 the meat coma. Oh, so start early. boy, oh, boy. So there that is, is Lester's yeah. Fixin's Wild, Crazy, Unique, Sody Pop Six-Pack, Sweet Corn, Pumpkin Pie, Buffalo Wing Sauce, Bacon, Peanut Butter and Jelly, and Ranch Dressing. Oh, Carbonated. my God, <laughs> Is that awful? That is awful. God bless them. I mean, is that serious, or is that just they're just yes. saying it? And it okay. You can order it. It's it's yeah. it's ser- it's twenty eight ninety nine serious. Yeah, that's a, have you ever that's been what to, it's uh, selling for on Amazon? What's that burger place in Shaw Deval? Show Show Oshaval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been there before? And small? No, I'm not. Nor small oh. Shaval. Dude, you, I'm just, I'm not gonna make a big segment out of this, but get get the bacon there. You would love it. It's like that thick cut bacon. I'm all for that. I'm oh. all for that. Bacon. Bacon is God's food. Yeah. Two of my The burgers are really good, too. Groups. Yeah. Okay. Do you like them with eggs? Do you do the whole runny egg thing on your burger? I do. Yeah. You know what? I, it's not something typically I do, but there it's unbelievable. Like, whatever they're, whatever they're doing over there, it's like the, the burger, the fat content, the salt, whatever. Whatever's going on. Don't ask questions. Eat it, and it's just unbelievable. All righty then. And then wash it all down with a ranch dressing soda from Lester's Fixins. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a break. And we are going to return to the topic of the White Sox. They're looking for a manager. And and it does not matter if it's Connie Mack or Tony La Russa, apparently. It's somebody who has maybe outlived his usefulness or maybe has got a lot more in him because Dusty Baker's on the verge of of having his 71-year-old Dusty Baker's on the verge of having his team mount a terrific comeback. So maybe uh-huh. it's time for the old guys again. So we'll talk to Scott Merkin, who covers the White Sox for MLB.com. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.